Friends, what follows is an extra long deluxe edition of Simpsons Time Through the Debigulator. I like to call it rebigulated when this happens. Um, please, after my discussion of Homer the Heretic, which is so good, stay tuned for a conversation between me and my friend Joe, in which we will talk very seasonally appropriately about Summer of Four Foot Two. Thank you. Did you hear something? No. Hmm. Did I? I don't know. watching a little bit of season four this week and I'm excited I get to talk about Whacking Day uh, which I think long ago when I first started doing Simpsons Time I wanted to feature but at that time I had not yet recovered season four from my parents house <laughs> to watch and scrutinize for Simpsons Time which I like to do I don't really like to go in cold um, Whacking Day is uh, not an overlooked Simpsons episode. A lot of people love it. It is squarely in the classic Simpsons area. Uh, great script by Schwarzwelder, uh, based on an idea by George Meyer, who I can't believe I haven't talked about more, um, because he's written some of the greatest Simpsons episodes ever. He's so funny. Um, and I am going to have to rectify that next week, I think. Anyway, John Swartzwelder wrote this because George Meyer didn't have time to, and he definitely lent uh, a lot of his darkness and uh, also madcap zaniness to this amazing script. Uh, to me... Whacking Day seems to be the uh, spiritual forebear of a few different other later episodes. For one, uh, Sweet Seymour Skinner's Badass Song, which we talked about last week, because the first acts are markedly similar. Uh, we have Bart playing a prank that causes a lot of commotion. We have Bart crawling into the air vent, even. It's the first time he did that. Um, he crawls into the air vent to escape after being locked into the basement with the other troublemaker kids for Superintendent Chalmers' visit. 
And the episode also features Superintendent Chalmers. And this is, in fact, the first appearance of Chalmers. Um, right out of the gate, he's exactly the way we are going to see him forevermore. You know, he's Skinner's boss. He's very gruff, uh, humorless. Skinner is afraid of him. And there's hilarious ad-libbing between the two actors in the characters of Skinner and Chalmers. That would be Harry Shearer and Hank Azaria, respectively. Um, Did that child just say, what's a battle? No, no, he said, what's that rattle? Really, because I distinctly heard battle. Oh, well, I've had a cold recently, so... Oh, so you'd hear it ours as bees? (laughs) Yes, I understand. All this happens before the real plot of the show has even reared its head. The beginning of Act 2 is where we see that Whacking Day exists and that it's going to uh, turn the town upside down, as it, I guess, does every year. Um, We hear about the tradition behind Whacking Day, uh, and that makes me think of both Lisa the Vegetarian, um, which also has Lisa being the conscious objector to this thing that everyone else in the town loves. In the later episode, it's her dad's barbecue, but in this, uh, it is the also animal-focused whacking day where everyone in Springfield gets really excited about beating snakes to death. And the third and final future episode that I feel like this is laying the groundwork for is um, the one whose name I don't remember where Donald Sutherland is the guest star and um, Lisa exposes Jebediah Springfield as a fraud because uh, there is that sort of doubt about whether this... um, town tradition is in fact legitimate and whether people have such cause to celebrate their traditions. Um, In this case, in Whacking Day, it's Bart who finds out that Whacking Day is a sham. And he does this while he's being homeschooled by Marge because he's been expelled from school because of his big prank. which is hitting Chalmers in the butt with a riding lawnmower while Willie is otherwise engaged with his one-time hot Scottish girl love interest. And that's a very funny exchange where she appears and she and Willie, you know, are obviously going to go off together. And I love how that's just a beautiful love story that is never alluded to again. We never see her again. We don't even know her name. I love the animation on the snakes. Uh, I find it really great that uh, there are like floods of snakes, you know, the sort of waves of snakes 
uh, and some of them are green, like most of them are muted colors, but then now and then you see one that's pink or uh, blue or not natural color. And they're cute. Uh, in the scene where the Simpsons kids are rescuing the snakes, the, you know, the snake using the doormat is very cute to me. And I imagine it was hard to convey that that's what the snake was doing, you know, wiping his feet that he doesn't have on the doormat. And it's super nice that Barry White uh, is not into it, that he wants to help the Simpson kids and not endorse Whacking Dave because he's a loving and peace-loving person. Apparently Barry White really wanted to do the show and was very game to play himself and say things, I love the sexy slither of a lady snake <laughs> and other things. Um, the, you know, Springfield really does go crazy over the littlest thing, and Whacking Day is a pretty good example of that, that they're whipped into a frenzy. Uh, they have a choir singing, <laughs> a choir of little children singing about their hallowed snake skull cracking day. And they're also extremely easily swayed. When they find out it's a sham, they immediately hate it, and the snakes are allowed to go free. And they hate Quimby because he has his pre-whacked snakes and gets out of his limo carrying them. And then they love Quimby again because he tells them off. Um, and uh, on a final note, I think it's great that Maggie always has an extra pacifier handy as when the snake hisses at her and she pops a pacifier in its mouth and then immediately replaces her own pacifier with one that she like somehow has on her person. Oh, and my other final note is that evil Homer appears here. And thank God for that one of the best moments in the entire series. This has been Simpsons Time. Thank you for listening. I've heard people say that too much of anything is not good for you, baby. But I don't know about that. There's been a time that we've loved and We've shared love and made love. It doesn't seem to me like it's enough. It's just not enough, baby. It's just not enough. Oh, oh, baby.
Save the Snakes. And thank you for listening to Simpsons Time Through the Debigulator. As always, we will be back with another episode of a snippet of my regular radio show that has been turned into a podcast. And if that is hard to understand, it's okay. Just let it go and enjoy the podcast. My name is Amanda Nazario. My regular show that I just referred to is called Nazario Scenario. If you're curious about it, you can go to wfmu.org slash playlists slash an. And there will be Simpsons time within that as well. If once a week is not enough Simpsons time for you. And I mean, how could it be really? Do not be cruel to any animals between now and when I talk to you again. Bye! It's the summer of 2016, and we are here talking about the summer of four foot two. And we, when I say we, I mean Joe Duffy and myself. Hi, Joe. Hi, Amanda. How you doing? I'm doing good. It is summertime. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's very warm outside. Uh, why did you choose this episode to talk about today? Uh, because it's summertime and it's very warm outside. That's <laughs> no, that's incorrect. Um, actually. I was sitting and I was looking for material and I had a couple beers in me, so maybe I had a, you know, a little bit of a glimmer in my eye. But uh, this episode came on and came to my attention and I realized it might be one of my favorite 20 minutes of, 22 minutes of television ever produced, period. Um, I think it's really great. I think it's one of the best episodes, period, like total. Hands down, yeah, I agree. I Um, think there are plenty out there who would agree with you. Yeah. Um, I know it is a writer's favorite from what what I've been told, though I'm not as uh, academically um, inclined as you are when it comes to your Simpsonsology. Oh, gosh, but, yeah. thank you. Most of this shit <laughs> I just make up. Oh, okay. Oh, that's good, too. <laughs> well, you know, uh, David Merkin says that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is, right. uh, I, again, like my knowledge is pretty cursory, but I like to pay attention to interviews and stuff. Sure. Um, and I have heard more than one writer say that they're really uh, into this one and proud yeah. of it. Yeah, it's uh, great. So there you go. Um yeah, it. We can just take it from the top. We can sure. talk about the entire episode. I just, just like in an overarching sense, though. I find this to be one of the sweetest episodes. That's also very funny. They balance the sweetness and the funniness. Well. It is. It is sweet without being sappy. Yeah. And they earned it with this one. This is absolutely fantastic. This episode, um, setting the scene. So it starts with a really great Millhouse joke. Um, the sprinklers. Everyone's sitting. Yeah, well, the, the sprinklers <laughs> are great. The uh, actually, you know, that brings up one of my one of the first things that I noticed about this whole episode is that I think it might have something to do with the fact that it's it was the last episode of that season. Yeah, and they maybe had a little bit of extra budget to play with, but it's very interestingly animated throughout the whole thing. There are several instances throughout the course of uh, the whole thing that really stick out. Um, Millhouse's Sprinkler impressions definitely being one right out of the gate. Um, when they're playing Mystery Date, uh-huh. there's a really amazing, and I'm shocked I've never seen it gift, 
but there's this kind of slow smile that crawls across Homer's face. I've seen it gift. When, have you seen it? Yes. Okay, it is it is great. It is it is mind blowing. So um, I follow Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein on Twitter. Yeah. I don't know if you do, but oh yeah, absolutely. I follow Bill Oakley. Yeah. They <laughs> they were like tweeting at each other, and one of them had made a gif of that, and the other one was like, "Oh, I love that yeah. so much." <laughs> it, it's a it's a it's a level of. Uh, detail of kind of like slow like realism you know in the in the animation that you usually right and see. marge laughing at the same time yes sort of oh, like she's completely so good. in on the joke it looks almost rotoscoped or something like that like they had like live actors and they drew over it or something like mm-hmm. that it seems almost motion capture to me um that and also the um there's a really great shot of lisa in the car as they're leaving when it's you know bye-bye job bye-bye you know mm-hmm. bye-bye lisa simpson and there's just this really great out the window kind of shot with her in the foreground and then you know Springfield going by in the background, Evergreen mm-hmm. Terrace going by in the background that I really, really, really loved. Um, visually, this is just a really strong episode. Yes. Um, the way that they capture uh, the New England feel, like the vibe of of a summer home in a small New England town, like you can almost smell it. Yes. When they get into that house, you almost you know exactly how it smells. I yeah, you can like sort of see the sand on yeah. the floor and. Uh... All of that, the the small cramped looking rooms, right? That are low ceiling, right? And it's kind of like a studied the, shabbiness. Like the twin beds, and right. yeah, very very cool. It's another study in uh, Simpsons colors and Simpsons iconography, but just brought into a completely different place, right? Uh, sure, that I always appreciate, and I don't think they had really done. The beach before, had they? No, that's a great question. There's not a whole lot of Simpsons beach episodes. I mean, there's water, you yeah. know, there's the sea captain and everything. But right. the sea captain did originate as just owning a restaurant. Right, exactly. That was yeah. nautical themed. There's, I mean, as far as nautical, there are nautical themed episodes, certainly. But, but beach it, is yeah, the so beach different. Is, yeah, right. like a boardwalk. I, I actually remember the, the promos for this episode. Um, the promos for this episode very heavily featured Homer um, in the station wagon. Driving through the low tide. It's low <laughs> tide, boys. And he spins out and like keeps, you know. Um, he's less concerned here um, than he is later uh, with the uh, the decorations on his car at the end. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, That's funny. One of the best line readings in Simpsons history, obviously, of course. Sweet, merciful crap. <laughs> My car. My car. I actually am a fan of, I don't know, maybe you're getting stronger. Well, I have been eating <laughs> I more. I have been eating more. <laughs> And the way he like joyfully throws the empty suitcase onto the top oh, of the car. Oh, another great joke is uh, Homer's uh, improvised bathing suit. Oh yeah, with the welcome mat. It's like oh, yeah, improv- and then he right. runs outside and immediate police presence. Which is, I'm glad to see the little Squagamonsport uh, PD is you know on top of things that way. Maybe Homer has a thing about furry. Uh, accessories because the welcome mat really reminds me of his bear slippers yes it does absolutely yeah and it's uh for the rope belt too. It, it, it very visually similar to yeah his um improvised when they're stuck in the woods and they're, they're you know wearing bushes and oh the right first, right yeah. right the leaf the, he's underwear. it's like a, he's wearing like a moss yeah like moss <laughs> underwear millhouse really shines in this one millhouse comes up millhouse really plays the role of friend brought along on on family vacation extremely well just the way that he's constantly there and ignored um one of the best scenes in the episode is lisa's uh slow water drip torture of bart with the bottle of um 
honey. Yeah. When they're eating breakfast, when she's like, you know, I know exactly who I am in New York. And then pull aside the cereal at the end and Bill House is right there. Yeah. Um, weird little, I feel like there's weird little foreshadowings of Milhouse's crush on Lisa later. I contend that this is where we really see it happening. This is where it starts. Yeah, I mean, see you in the car <laughs> see is you something the car. that only your crush would only, say. Yeah, exactly. or, or, you know, the person who has a crush on you. Right. Um, like, you can, you, you can sort of see where they'd be set up to be in that kind of relationship before here, right. but here is where you really see, I mean, it's not explicitly said, but that's what kind of makes it all the better, you know, her right. her looking like Blossom and him noticing that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's like, wow, I guess Milhouse has a crush on Lisa now, but he, he doesn't like come out and say it. And it's kind of interesting because one of the things that I noticed about this is that Lisa in this um, episode is constantly beating Bart at his own game. Mm-hmm. She's stealing his catchphrases. Um, you haven't said that in four years. Bart, you haven't said that in four years. Don't let, let her have it. Yeah, yeah, let her have it. Um, the skateboarding. Um, these kids are too cool for skateboarding. Bart comes out, you know, really looking like a tryhard type of, you know, uncool guy. Yep. Um, and she, she uh, gets him at the uh, the water shooting game. As he oh, ca- that's yeah. right. She totally spins the tables around, and Bart is very much the... the the uncool sibling in this episode. Yeah. And so you wonder if, you know, Milhouse's own latent fixations on Bart, you know, <laughs> if you see, like, this might have triggered something. Yeah, that's true. That, yeah. that is a very uh, deep read that I right. would like to c- contemplate more in the yeah. weeks ahead. Think about it. Um, and, I mean, maybe in sort of a more simple read, Milhouse is just dragging him down you know, right they see millhouse that is, he is automatically like if he had brought M- nelson instead they would probably be friends with him. I, I love millhouse but he is dead weight socially he yeah. really is, yeah it's tough he's a, he's a hard yeah he's a hard kid to introduce and yeah these kids interest me christina ricci and her friends or aaron i should say yeah. um because i can't really think of who in springfield they would be you know they're sure. they're very much beach kids um in their apathy, they're a little like Jimbo or somebody right. like that. Um, yet they're, you know, Jimbo is an older kid, but sure. they're more like Lisa and Bart's age or like somewhere in between them or about Bart's age. Um, and you could see why Bart would want to be friends with them. Um, but I don't know. I guess yeah. beach kids are the coolest of all. They are know? the so coolest they kids. They can recognize that there is sort of a chillness in Lisa. It's very interesting. The intelligence that they that they want to be next to. They uh, all of the Springfield Elementary kids are very guileless. Yeah. There isn't really who's the cool kid. Bart kind of is, but he's really just like acting out class clown. He doesn't. I wouldn't say he has like social. Sometimes he has social cachet. He gets the most sometimes, attention. Right. He gets the most attention. Worse, right. Yeah. Sometimes in this episode is a great example when he's people are signing up, waiting in line to have his year. You know, have them have him sign their yearbooks. Yeah, yeah. Um, other times he's much more of an outcast and pariah, just a really you know messed up little kid. Um, but it's always kids from out of town are always much much more worldly and cooler, which I think reflects how it feels when you are a kid. When you, you know, when you go to a different town or you go to a different place and you meet these new kids and you're like, oh, yeah, these true. kids are cool. These yeah, are... I can see that. Um, you think the Shelbyville kids are cool in Lemon Tree episode? That's a good question. They're really mean. They're really mean, which but kind of really is sometimes... stupid. Too. Sometimes in this... Well, sometimes in the Simpsons universe, stupid and mean is kind of shorthand for cool. 
That's true. You know? Yeah. Um, I buy that. Yeah. So um, they do love to do graffiti. <laughs> so we very know that. cool. Yeah, very cool. Graffiti is a very cool thing. Although it will not, you cannot escape via a spray can, as Bart found out, unfortunately. <laughs> so, but yeah, so with Lisa in this episode, it's really all about her. And I've always kind of felt like, you know, it's funny. Um, the last time I was on your show, I said, oh, everyone discovers The Simpsons kind of when they're Bart's age. Mm-hmm. And I realize that's a, I don't like that statement anymore. <laughs> because. You can walk it back. That's uh, yeah, I am going to walk that back because I think I'm, obviously I didn't come up with that. I've heard that's something that's, that I think is oft repeated in Simpsons, Simpsons fandom. Um, I think I actually discovered The Simpsons when I was Lisa's age. Ooh. And I really. Do tell. Yeah. And I really do think that every kid has at least one Lisa Simpson year. If they're fortunate, it's only one, you know, or it's only right. a certain period of time in their life where they are Lisa, where they are very um, alienated from their peers, and maybe you get along with the adults in your life better than you do of any of your classmates or... Um, I would argue that if you're like Bart your entire life, your adulthood is less likely to be positive. Oh, like um, yeah, well, I would... You have... need those Lisa years to right. suffer. Well, as they've shown, <laughs> as they've shown in the... the the frequent uh, flash forward episodes now, Bart is usually not doing great you exactly, know, in the various right. it, t- alternate timeline. I don't know how you. The, the Simpsons' future the bears Simpsons, it out perfectly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, Lisa, Lisa's always weird. Sometimes she's friends with um, Sherry and Terry a little bit. A little bit. Frenemies, yeah. you know, Sherry and Terry are definitely mean girls. Um, but I thought in this episode it was interesting that she is working very, very hard in the yearbook. With those other yearbook kids, they're the yearbook crew, and by all, like, like when you look at them, you can tell they're not the most popular kids. Right, right. Beasy, right? But the, beasy, that's right. Yeah, beasy. Um, but she doesn't, like, I, I think, oddly enough, is not friends with them. Mm. They're kind of like an afterthought, um, which I thought is interesting. Yeah, it's... That makes me feel so much sadder, because yeah. it's like that sort of Stockholm Syndrome that... Right uncool kids have you know they're thrown together mm-hmm. and they are expected to be friends because they're you know all of them are uncool right. together right uh but do they actually like each other right, <laughs> like exactly. often they yep. don't you know? and, and it can go the other way too where lisa falls victim to this in this episode where she goes if i could just be friends with these kids i'll be cool and everything you know she she is fixated on the cool kids on these kids who don't care and are very you know surfer s types right right um, instead of maybe, you know, hanging out with Millhouse. Millhouse is fine. Everyone loves Millhouse. <laughs> Nobody likes no. Millhouse. <laughs> yeah, the kids, I I kind of like that the cool boys are all sort of interchangeable. <laughs> yeah, very de- bland. Yeah. They're called like Dean. Except for the one kid. Oh, another great joke. The kid who was, you know, oh, my mom, she's French. <laughs> I know where we can get the baguettes. Like, yeah. <laughs> Bastille day. Bastille day. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are this kind of um, very shorthand type of '90s coolness. Um, that it's such a '90s thing, and yeah. I know that this is something that you wanted to talk about—the Gen X mm-hmm. uh, apathetic uh, mold that a lot of us, a lot of people who are now in, you know, the sort of around forty range, right. fell into when we were young. Sure. Um, versus the millennial mold, who are way more socially conscious and right. proactive socially. And right. um, some people would say 
a lot nicer, but some people would say a lot more, um, like, easily offended or sensitive. Yeah, like Let's sensitive. say sensitive. Yeah. yeah. Less less bleak overall. Just right, right. more yeah, yeah, yeah. When you believe in stuff, it's easier to become disillusioned. Absolutely. That's the, right. the Gen X solution is never become disillusioned because, because you don't believe you, in you don't believe in anything. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, it's very it's it's interesting. They these kids Bart comes out and does all these tricks and he's Mr. Cool Guy and they're like whatever. Like, yeah. you know, like are you kidding? The 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 whole thing is kinda of, the show that invented meh, you know, is it's very unsurprising that um, Lisa's line, you know, oh, well, it beats doing stuff. The guy goes, yeah, stuff sucks. <laughs> right. And in 1996, there were a lot of young people that I knew, at least, you mm-hmm. know, people I went to college with who didn't really want to do stuff. And they were celebrated for that right. in certain circles. The 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 legendary slackers of the yeah. of the 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 Clinton era. Oh, the God. soft and prosperous Clinton era and turned look at everyone us now. into. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very I, happy. Actually, I love my I'm, job as a dog walker, and I'm right. very happy to blog all day about the Love and Spoonful. But right, you know, I but, feel like you know, that's uh, my my IQ could have taken me other sure. places. Yeah, Dennis the Menace. Dennis the Menace. That's their big takedown of him. Yeah, and that's uh, not so secretly. A lot of the Simpsons writers always said that Bart was Dennis the yeah. Menace and that's why they were mystified as to like the uh, controversy right you know that older sort of baby boomer type people would hate Bart because right. they thought that he was a bad influence but all he really w- is is Dennis, is the, Dennis Menace. the Menace yeah does that mean Mo is his Mr. Wilson is that the most direct <laughs> well, parallel Bush there is George Mr. Bush is his Mr. Wilson yeah okay that's you're absolutely correct. They address it directly. Yeah, they do. Yes. But no, I mean, day to day when George Bush is not around, which is most of the time, I guess you could say it's Mo. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It, or it's Skinner. You Skinner. Know, it's yeah, definitely. People. Beach Boys. Good or Beach bad boys. Uh, choice of outro song for Great. the credits. Yeah. I always love that. Yeah, it's huge. And the and the, the crab, the recurring, you know. The callback the to, call the, back to the, the hermit crab. My yeah. favorite crustacean. Yeah. <laughs> A word that you would never learn from a book. That's insane. Why would you even? You know, I will say it's occurring to me now um, that Lisa is, it's not the first time Lisa's gotten a taste of popularity because in the other summer show that preceded this, uh, Bard of Darkness, when they get a pool, yeah, she's popular right. for, you know, her 15 minutes of fame before Martin gets a pool. Before Martin gets the pool. Um, and that... I don't know. It's it's a little bit of a foreshadowing to this. Like, I wonder if they thought about that when they That's were very this. Yeah, that is very interesting. You know, th- there's kind of an idea. You know, when you're a kid, summer comes and everything gets turned on its head. Yes. You know, it is. It's a different reality. It's a very... You hang out with different you people. You hang out with different people. You class. do different things because they're not in school. That's exactly what it is. The way that they took this and made it so perfectly not set in Springfield... Um, it kind of, it, it's one of these weird episodes that like, certain episodes of The Simpsons always just seem like new to me. They always seem like they came out like last week, uh-huh. you know, like, like I, probably the, the Carlos Castaneda episode is kind of like that for me. Like for this, a lot of them, I guess maybe were around this era, but I just remember this episode so distinctly because I, it probably came out at the beginning of my 10 year old summer vacation, uh-huh. you know, and we were all ready to go to Lake George or whatever, you know wherever it happened to be. 
wow, the Simpsons are going to go on vacation too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that theory that you can be Lisa's age and get into the Simpsons. I mean, I know yeah. people who have been into the Simpsons since they were born because mm-hmm. their, their parents like it. Um, and, you know, I wasn't that lucky because they were invented when I was Bart's age. But right. before they came around, you know, I watched them on Tracy Ullman and I used to read Life in Hell because I was one of those yeah. uh, privileged uh I don't mean privileged socioeconomically. I mean culturally. Culturally, privileged. someone tipped you off to this well, really yeah, cool thing. That, like I could, the Village Voice was just available, right, in New York. Huge. So even sure. if you were a kid, you could like open up the little newsstand mm-hmm. thing and take one. Um, and of course, the only thing in it that I would want to read were the comics. So I would read Life in Hell. Um, and I guess yeah, I I was probably about eight when I started to yeah. do that, which is crazy because I didn't get like. 80% of the humor I just like the drawings but yeah really raging against you know corporatocracy and stuff like yeah. that really yeah very um but no like the when the books came out love is hell and work is hell and school is hell and childhood is hell then I I could get a lot of that because they're right. just about human relationships sure and... sure yeah but Lisa is is um to me Kind of in a way, I don't want to say audience surrogate, but she is the closest of all the characters to, I feel like, the people who really, truly love The Simpsons and adopt The Simpsons as, you know, as a defining cultural marker amongst themselves. She's, you know, slightly isolated, too smart for her own good, very referential. Yes. She picks up the book, a great example of this one, she picks up the Gorba Vidal book and says, he's kissed more boys than I ever will. <laughs> Girls, Girls, Lisa. Lisa. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she's the only one who's aware enough of right. the greater world uh, to be anything like us. Right. You know, everyone else, whether they're smart or dumb, and most of them are dumb, um, are just locked into that world of Springfield. Right. And she, she's, she's victim to her. She is very often the voice of reason, but also does fall victim to her own manias. Yes. Um, she's definitely flawed. Yeah, I mean, she is a Simpson completely. through and through. Um, her inner monologue, one of my favorite. A very Homer-esque inner monologue is as she's walking by, you know, she walks up, hey guys, how you doing? And the gull comes down and like attacks her for no reason. (laughs) And she goes, okay, 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 okay. You don't control the birds. That's not your fault. You will one day, but not now. (laughs) And then she walks back over. That is extremely Homer-y. Yeah, that is, it's perfect. Uh, Homer and the fireworks, you know, the whole fireworks uh, adventure is really cool. Um, and the timing of him stuffing the fireworks into the dishwasher. Yes, <laughs> fantastic. The, the black, like, Celebrate your gun. country by blowing up a small part of it. <laughs> yeah, that is, I never, uh, wasn't until I saw American Graffiti, another excellent example of references in The Simpsons that you don't get until much, much later, but the American Graffiti scene that that's based off of. Oh, yeah, it's, um, and it's so perfect. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's very solid. Um, and it reminds me of my own family's adventures with, Highly illegal fireworks, so very yeah. good. Usually in Cape Cod, is that what it, it's supposed to be? Cape Cod. It's it's a, it's it a is, pastiche yeah. of a of a. I mean, the name alone, which I can't even. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce, but it's like I like just not knowing. I'm sure yeah. there are plenty of people who've memorized the name. But sure, little Nan Squam Squit of little Nan Squit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Not to be confused with the Springfield Squid Port, which right. is another another place nautical the yeah another nautical location. Um, yes, and I actually have heard that 
uh, the writer Dan Graney is from Massachusetts, and sure. he has been on vacation in Cape Cod, and there you know, go. so that's what it's all based on. Yeah. I don't know now if, you know, in the modern day Simpsons, if they've given Lisa any more, you know, traction socially. Oh, it kind of feels like every week there's something else that she's doing socially. Right. You know, it's it's almost like this episode uh, began a whole campaign of Lisa falling right. in with this crowd or that crowd. Right, right, right. You know, um, like she becomes a programmer and she and, you know, other women coders are like all hanging out in, in one. I think that's season 27, the, the most recent one. Um, she becomes like really good friends with a girl who it turns out is paid off by Marge. Like she, Whoa. the little girl is hired by Marge to try to be her friend, Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> which is very brutal. Yeah. Um, there's one, uh, the guest voice is Eva Longoria, um, where, Lisa runs for student body president against a girl um, who seems to also be really smart, but it turns out that she's a Republican. (laughs) (laughs) It's like... Uh, yeah. Does so, she go to the meetings with like Count Dracula and I Mr. wonder. Up in the, yeah. I wonder. Yeah, that's wow. we have to do another separate Simpsons time for that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, the it has a lot of legs. The idea yeah. of Lisa. Um, Wanting more friends and for a short time right. getting them, yeah. It is. It's a. It's a. This is the season Lisa seven. Kudrow one too. Yes, right? that's a, another Which came excellent. A couple seasons later. Yep. Um, it is very much a throwback to another um, Lisa centric. It kind of reminded me a bit of uh, the uh, substitute teacher. Oh, you think yeah. so? Wow, well, it's, that it, good. It's more of a yeah. I mean, it's a. It's 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 uh, goes back to that early Simpsons time period where it was kind of more of a humanist sitcom before it got. Entirely too zany. There's mm-hmm. very little absurdism in this episode. That's you know, right. Especially compared to the rest. Of this is the, this is the season where Maggie shot Mr. Burns. Right, right. I mean, this you know that was the beginning. That was the first episode of this season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, you know, this is not Homer in space. No, not at all. And it's that has everything to do with uh, David Merkin not being the showrunner anymore. And oh, really? Oakley and Weinstein being the showrunners. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, there's plenty of room for zaniness, but in sure. this episode, you don't need it. Yeah, you know? there's like definitely. there's just so much else that's uh, fertile ground for comedy in the new setting and the uh, the periodicals on microfiche in the yeah. library. Eustace <laughs> P. Tilly um, showing up is always always welcomed by me, and then yeah, the Mad Hatter um, and uh, with the Pippi gun, Longstocking. Pippi Longstocking, yeah. <laughs> right. Awesome. Yeah. Um, well, I wish you a wonderful 4th of July. Yeah. Um, happy you, summer, everybody. Yeah. I hope you eat a lot of Rice Krispie Squares. Yes. Rice Krispie Squares and Tang. <laughs> Don't let anyone shame you for loving Rice Krispie Squares, please, folks. Yeah. Um, if you take away anything from this podcast today, let it be that. Yeah. Thank you for being here again. Sure. Returning to the podcast, Joe. It's been amazing. Of course. Uh, I'll talk to you later. Thank you so much for listening to Simpsons Time Through the Debigulator for 
this extended one. Extended one, extended conversation that I had with Joe Duffy, a past guest on this program. WFMU volunteer and fun person. My name is Amanda Nazario, and uh, I will talk to you next week.